Today is Thursday, September 28, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. A deported Christian evangelist is speaking out for the first time. We have that and more on today's podcast, where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Subscribe, leave a rating, email us. We want to hear from you. Quick Start Podcast at CBN.org. Let us know how you're doing, where you're listening from, all that good stuff. We're getting through the news of the Cray together. And uh, joining me as always to get through it, Billy Hallowell, Trey Gones Phillips. What's up, guys? It's Friday, Junior. Yeah, we're here. We're here to do our job. I'm pumped. I'm ready to go. (laughs) Yeah. We are here to do our job. And it just happens our job is to talk to you in the morning. Yep. And uh, we're glad you're here, as always. And there's a lot going on. I'm going to get into this in a minute, guys. But the looters in Philly, have you seen this? They're plagued with looting again, these videos. And, you know, it's the whole, hey, people got to eat. It's hard times. But they're, they're looting Apple stores and liquor stores. Like, what? I don't, it, things are getting wild out there. And Philly, near me, is a disaster zone. Well, people need AirPods. The two major food groups, apples yeah. and liquor. There you go. I mean, what, it's a healthy diet. I don't know. It's crazy out there. We'll, we'll talk about what happened there in a minute. Uh, what do we have coming up on the focus story? Yeah, so on the focus story, we're going to be talking about the, he's the sophomore quarterback for the Texas Longhorns, uh, and he's being really bold about his faith, and his recent comments are making a lot of headlines, so we'll talk about that. Good to have some positive spin after I bring the looter story to the table. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And the main thing, Dale Hurd from CBN, he caught up with Evangelist Torben Sondergaard. These are his first comments Uh, Since he was deported from the United States, they fled religious persecution in Denmark back in 2019. They thought they'd find refuge here in the United States, but found otherwise. Looking forward to that interview on the main thing. But first, we're going to get through the news here in 90 seconds. Philadelphia police responded to popular retailers like the Apple Store and Lululemon and Foot Locker after they were allegedly being ravaged by swarms of looters. You can see this on tape. Several people were filming them and cheering on these people as police tried to swoop in. Happened about 8 p.m. on Tuesday, and police were responding to multiple reports of large crowds of young people looting these stores in Center City in the 9th District. And they said, in proactive measures, officers from the 9th District stopped a group of males dressed in black attire and wearing masks at the intersection of 17th and Chestnut Streets. This led to a lot of debate online. And a wedding became a graveyard. A shocking video shows the moment a fire broke out at a wedding in Iraq's Nineveh province. This is an area highly populated with Christians. Family members of a Christian bride and groom, they confirmed yesterday that they survived but they're not doing well because they're just grief-stricken over these at least hundred that were injured and uh, and died in this fire. This is the same area that was forced to flee ISIS back in 2014. And digital abomination, transhumanism. Is it the new AI religion? You can check out that story and more over at cbnnews.com. Guys, this area in Iraq, it's this is really sad. Uh, I happened to go a few years ago, just after the ISIS thing, did some reporting there in um, Erbil and Iraqi Kurdistan. And it's honestly, when you go there, it feels more like America 
than any other part of that region does. Like it really does feel free. Um, people are welcoming of Americans and they're saying that this tragedy here is just really galvanizing them and they're feeling it over there in uh, the Iraqi Kurdistan area, the Nineveh province. It's this town called Karakosh. This is where people fled and we need to be praying for them because this is, it's really surreal. I don't really know how to explain it because it's this Christian enclave in the middle of some of the most, you know, radically Muslim areas in the entire world. I, I feel like these regions have so much trauma. It's like trauma upon trauma upon trauma, you know, and you know, we live in this country and I, I'm so grateful for where we are and where we live, but I think, you know, we've got to be consistently praying for, for these people who, who go through these things. It seems like these things happen so frequently. Yeah. I think the thing that's incredible to me is the Christian community communities, these pockets of Christian groups that continue to thrive in the midst of it's, it's, it doesn't make any sense, right? It's completely unfathomable to us, but I think that's just the evidence of the Lord's hand on these groups of people. Even the, the fact that Israel has continued to thrive in the midst of, uh, of terrorism and being surrounded by countries that quite literally hate their very existence and they've continued to thrive. Um, so yeah, I think it's a great opportunity for us to pray and we certainly should be prayerful for our brothers and sisters who are in harm's way and who are facing persecution. But also I think it's a good reminder of the Lord's provision and protection that he's continued to protect these groups of people uh, against all odds. Yeah, it really, it, it is. And the, the faith of these Christians out there, it's really remarkable I mean, I saw groups of Christians that formed the uh, NPF, the Nineveh Protection Force there out, out in that region, and they were just regular guys that took up arms and formed a defense force to try to defend their hometown, and these were all Christians. And it was, it, it was really incredible to see these people have strong faith. Like you guys said, they're going through a lot time and time again, and they're really leaning on God, and they covet prayers. I'll never forget, and I'll leave it here. The, the one thing I asked them, what, what, if you could tell everybody in America, what would you want? This is in the middle of, you know, ISIS ravaging Iraq and they had control of Mosul at that point. And they just said prayers. They didn't ask for money. They didn't ask for stuff. They didn't ask for the military to come in. They asked for prayers. And so those are people that are close and dependent on God. And so I would just ask you to send their prayers now as they're obviously much on a smaller scale, but it's, it's hitting them emotionally uh, on, a, on a similar level there. So definitely prayers for the Christians in that region. All right, we are going to head over to the focus story and the quarterback for the Texas Longhorns crediting God for his success. And what's he saying here, Trey? Yeah, so Quinn Ewers, he's the sophomore quarterback for the Texas Longhorns. Uh, he, For people who might have followed his story, I'm not a sports person, but before <laughs> I, we, I wrote this story, I was reading all about him. Uh, and he has he's only 20 years old, so he's early on in his career uh, as, as an athlete, but he was he had a mullet he had hair that was always kind of messed up and crazy looking or whatever and he was not very focused as an athlete and then over this last season he's done a lot of work he's gotten his hair cut he's like clean cut uh, clean shaven looking guy and he's um his coach has said there's a huge difference between what he was like last season and what he's like this season and a lot of that he's crediting toward god and he actually talked about it uh, at, at a press conference effort or after a, a game this week so here's the the clip of what he had to say. I feel like God has told me that this game doesn't define me as a human being, um, which allows me to play more freely. Um, I think that's been really the biggest thing for me. Um, 
it's just listening to him more and, and not just focusing on my own ways um, and knowing that he has a plan for me and to, to pursue his truth and, and to continue to, to seek his truth. And I think that's really been the biggest thing for me. And there's only one way through freedom, and that's through Jesus Christ. So find Jesus and you'll, you'll do everything else will be free. Yeah, so that's that's what he said when he was asked by a reporter, how is it that you find joy in the midst of a game? Why is it that you really enjoy playing the game rather than being stressed and, and worried? Kind of a throwback to what he was like last season. What's the the reason for the difference in your attitude? Uh, and that was his answer. A lot of it is his, his faith in God. Uh, and he's obviously early on in the season so far, but he's already had nine touchdowns uh, under his belt. So he's having a good season so far, and he's crediting all of it to uh, just the peace that he's got now trusting in the Lord and rather than leaning on his own, his own strength. Yeah, that's really great. And, you know, I think it's kind of sad that this is a statement that I, I think is true in today's society, but I want to actually say that this is kind of brave in a way to talk about your faith as we see the ones that we report on that do this because it's just not popular right now, right? Like and not brave in a way like you're jumping into a burning building or something, but it's, it's not a popular opinion right now to, to talk about faith, especially for guys in like college and that age. I mean, I can only imagine what the climate is like among young people in school, uh, even in the South. It's, it's just not really, you know, it's hostile right now and it, it feels like divisive. So, you know, taking a stand like that in public, I, I just think it's commendable and I have respect for those who, who do it. Yeah, for sure. And also, uh, unfortunately, the reality that we live in, in addition to it being a really stressful and and tricky thing to say to your peers. It's in some ways seems to be an even trickier thing to say in front of reporters Yeah, uh, because a lot of times reporters are pretty hostile toward faith uh, and and they may come back with other questions. You don't know what they're going to say. You don't know how people are going to react to this once the clip goes viral on social media. What's the bullying and backlash you're going to get from, from social media users? Um, but the response has been pretty good. I'm sure there are people who are detracting from it and there are people who are criticizing him for, for pointing to the Lord, but it's gone viral for all the right reasons too. There are a lot of people saying, hey, look, that's really good advice. And I think something we can apply to, to all of our lives, regardless of, of what our situations might be. Yeah, no doubt about it. Is there anything else? Is this, is this kind of like his, his uh, opening salvo on faith or what else has he said? So, I mean, him speaking out on faith is pretty new to him. This is probably his his most poignant thing that he said, but he actually did write last uh, last month or earlier this month, I think. Uh, he wrote a column about uh, his faith and the ongoing evolution of his relationship with the Lord. Uh, and he said that God is so good, pointing to how the Lord has kind of ordained his steps and guided him to where he is. He said, I can't say that enough, how much God has put me through. He's made me so strong. I'm proud of my team, our defense. Uh, I'm fired up for the rest of the way, the rest of this season. Uh, and he also talked about prayer in that post. Uh, he was talking about at 17 or 18 years old, it's pretty hard to make a decision uh, as, as consequential as what team you're going to go to, where you're going to play football, uh, how the rest of your life is going to unfold. Uh, he said, but this time, talking about the decision to come back to Texas, he said, I really just tried to block out all of the noise and focus on what I wanted for myself. Uh, it took a lot of prayer, but I'm confident in the choice that I made and confident in, uh, in God's hand on his life so far. So seems like he's got a good head on on his shoulders and is is turning to the right source, which is God. Yeah, that's great. And it's another another one you can add to your prayer list there. That this young man would stay on track. And Billy, do you agree with me on my assessment that this is sort of 
you know, mildly like considered in the, you know, it takes a little bit of uh, courage to speak out like this in today's climate. No, no, I'm kidding. Yes, I do. <laughs> I think uh, absolutely it does. And, you know, we're what's interesting is the climate is so hostile and yet we're seeing more and more people do this, right? We just had Julie Chen Moonves from Big Brother on. She's doing it. You're seeing celebrities. You're seeing football players. You're seeing people stand up and say, I I need to say this because I know that I'm called to do it, right? Yeah. And so it is, it is brave in that there is going to, at some point, be a cost to it, right? At some point, it may be great at the beginning. People might be kind at the beginning. But at some point, something will be asked of you that will probably get you in trouble. So it, it is yeah. brave to, you know, be willing to do that. Yeah, interesting point, though, about how more people are doing it in the midst of this culture going off the rails. It's like there's more of a need. We're, we're increase, increasing the market demand for a reality check and for truth to be given to people meaning what is the meaning of life these deep things that are being challenged with the just complete lunacy of society right now that can't define what a man or a woman is and constantly just says anything goes when it comes to sexuality you're talking about you know tra uh, drag queens with youth all all kinds of insane stuff right now happening so it, yeah it is on the one hand it maybe takes a little courage on the other hand people are seeing the necessity for God's truth to be shared. And it's it's more needed now than ever in our lifetimes anyway. So um, good to see this young man here um, speaking out for the Texas Longhorns, for, for his faith on the Texas Longhorns there. So appreciate bringing that one, Trey. All right, we are going to head over to the main thing now. And when Torben Sondergaard and his family fled religious persecution in Denmark back in 2019, they thought they'd find some refuge in the United States, but they didn't. In fact, they didn't even remotely anticipate the treatment they would receive from our government here in the United States. Well, CBN's Dale Hurd interviewed Torben, and uh, it was his first interview since being deported, and he's speaking out now about all the things uh, related to that and the treatment they had here. That's today's main thing. When Torben Sondergaard and his family fled religious persecution in Denmark, they thought they would find refuge in the United States. They never expected the treatment they would receive from the U.S. government. Leaving Denmark with only their suitcases, Sondergaard and his family continued their ministry, the last reformation in the United States. Then last year, immigration and customs enforcement officials canceled Sondergaard's visa waiver without his knowledge and arrested him. First, authorities told him it was for charges of gun smuggling. Then it was changed to overstaying his visa. He was incarcerated in the federal wing of the Baker County Jail in McClenny, Florida, spending his first 10 days in solitary confinement. He told us he was forced to wear a red jumpsuit, which is used to identify high-risk and violent inmates, even though he has no criminal background. After 412 days in detention, more than a year, Sondergaard was deported back to Denmark, which he immediately left to reunite with his family in another undisclosed nation. Now in his first media interview since being deported, Torben tells CBN News how shocked he was to be imprisoned in America. Uh, shocked that it can happen. It happened. Um... I was not prepared for it. Um, I think the, the church is not prepared for it. 
I didn't understand how this could happen also in a, in a country like America, where there's so many Christians and churches and ministries. Sondergaard told us that inside the prison he faced a level of hostility from the ICE officers that was different from the treatment of other detainees. I had people come in to me and say, what is happening with you, Tom? Like, what, what is happening here? They don't treat anyone else like this. There was intimidation. I had some encounter with the eyes officer that was very unusual and it was very frightening to be there and uh, so in that way yeah it, my case was different at a house subcommittee hearing in july the chairman of the border security and enforcement subcommittee congressman clay higgins accused the biden administration of targeting and persecuting sondergaard who is an a legal immigrant from denmark came to our country legally, applied for asylum properly, had no criminal charges. He was arrested for overstay of his visa. He's been incarcerated in, in solitary confinement for over one year. He'd been persecuted by this administration and targeted, we believe, because he's an evangelical Christian minister. But Torben says in spite of the treatment he experienced, his time in prison transformed and humbled him, especially when Christian leaders he said he had been inwardly critical of spoke out on his behalf. And when they spoke out for me, it really humbled me in a deep way. And I, did they really speak out for me? And, and, and God used that to, to really humble me and my wife and, and, and to show like who's our enemies and who's not our enemies. We have the same enemy. We should not be enemy against each other. There is another enemy out there. Torben says he was one of the few detainees in the facility who did not speak Spanish, but that did not stop a revival from spreading through his unit. I had a person from my third cell who came to, to my cell, uh, my third dorm came to my dorm and I asked him, uh, hey, are you a Christian? He said, yeah, yeah, actually in our dorm, we are doing Bible study every day. There is a missionary someplace in this prison who have done some teaching and it's being translated and going from dorm to dorm. And we are doing Bible study in our dorm and it's so good. And he told me that, and I said, um, I'm that missionary. You are! And, and he was so excited to see me. So I, it, it, it really just grew. Many got healed, people got filled with the Holy Spirit. Many got set free in our cell. It was really powerful. And the most beautiful communion I've ever shared was on the prison floor with a new convert, a new disciple. And the most beautiful baptism was in there. And, and the word became alive in, in a very different way. But it was, it was really beautiful sometimes. However, Sondergaard believes his experience is also a warning to the church that persecution is coming. We, we, think, we think it's for the few extreme out there. And we think we are safe if we just don't do like them and them and them. And maybe it's only a few now, but it's a few now and then in short time it will be the many. And, and in the future, it will be everyone who confessed Jesus as Lord. Torben's asylum application is still pending, but for now, he's finally been reunited with his wife and family. I'm very close to my wife and my daughters, and my wife went through a very hard 
very very hard time in all of this it's good to be out it's good to be free uh, so i feel excited for the next season um, at the same time i i feel a little homeless uh, I, i don't know what now what what is going to happen now i would say it was truly the best bible school i ever been on i don't want to do it again i don't really don't want to do it again but but i'm thankful for what god he did through all of it dale heard cbn news All right, Dale, thanks so much for that report there. Really appreciate it. A shocking look, really, uh, into what went on. This is two times now. We saw this with the German homeschooling family. Same deal, getting deported. Utter utter shock and confusion as to why this is happening. But um, very, very compelling stuff. And again, I mean, I feel like we got it, we're adding to our prayer list here. That's, that's definitely uh, three areas you can add to your prayer list for sure. Uh, just from this episode alone. All right, we are going to have time here for one last thing on the podcast today. Yeah, simple scripture, Titus 3.5. He saved us not because of righteous things that we had done, but because of his mercy. So it's nothing we've done. It's all about him and what he's done for us when we didn't deserve it. And that's that's a yeah, powerful reminder. It is, and it's one we need. And clearly the Israelites in the Old Testament needed that many times to be reminded that it was God that was doing the work uh, whenever they got built up and haughty. And, uh, and prideful. Yeah, I mean, anytime I read through stories that are about the Israelites in the Old Testament, I think, man, they just didn't ever learn their lesson. And <laughs> right. then I remember daily that I never learned right. my lesson. And uh, yeah, we're, <laughs> we need that lesson just as much as yeah. they do. So good reminder. Yeah. In, in sort of pridefully condemning them, we're proving the point that we needed to, yes. <laughs> right? All right. Good spot to leave it there on the podcast on this Friday, junior edition of the podcast. Make sure you're getting yourself on over to CBNnews.com and faithwire.com. It's news from a Christian perspective. You're just not getting that anywhere else. So make it a daily stop. We appreciate you being here on the Quick Start Podcast. As always, Lord willing, and that creek don't rise. We're going to be back here tomorrow with more Fridays up next. God bless. See you then.